parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Dance to a giant organ played by ocean waves? Yep. Camp in floating tree houses hundreds of feet off the ground? Check. Jump in a big tub of mud on purpose? Call it rejuvenation. We don't care. Just pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. If you need help, ask your kids. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. What is up? Welcome to episode number 337 of On the Corner of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the bronzed man himself, bronzed and gold, really, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening, Fast? Yeah, so, uh, so Eric Cross put out this wonderful survey um, or contest, whatever you want to call it. And apparently we are, we got the bronze medal for best duo. Very Amazing. Good. That's very kind of people. That's crazy. Yeah, 
I mean, Welsh and Bachman very well deserved of the gold there. And I mean, oh, you know, and DVR, it's insane. So it's, just honor, to, it's be, an honor just to be yeah, mentioned with those exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, I like to think our last podcast really, really gave the people what they wanted. You know, when we told when we told him Citizen Kane was an Oscar nominated, uh, an Oscar winning film. I, we did I, like, You just honestly, nodded your head, and I, as I said, it was. Yeah, <laughs> but still, I, I honestly have had several moments in the past week where I've just stared off into space and been like, "What happened, Alex?" Like, ha- like I take pride in knowing that stuff, mm. and I didn't. So I thought uh, you were just going to stare off and say Rosebud, but you know, Rose, very good. Yeah, very good. We've got plenty of new fun categories for you today, but yes, the, thanks to Eric for hosting that kind of survey. Thanks to you all. It very much means the world to us to, to take a look and, and, and see that. So that's very kind of you. Um, you, you should be happy that that was the adjective that I went with because uh, I was going to go with a much more rude one as before we recorded this podcast, Nick, Nick really didn't, didn't, you know, sugarcoat how good the rage against the machine concert was. oh my god it was so good oh again wow it was so good it's unbelievable um yeah i'm so excited that you may be able to go in the near future Uh, maybe here's hoping here's hoping oh thanks Um, for coordinating that and i'm so sorry you weren't able to be there Exactly. I made this happen. Okay. Uh whatever. I'm very excited that you get to go with your friends. I have so many videos friends. to send you, but I didn't. I can't, I can't wait to hear all the videos. Girl, I don't have a name, No, it's a, it's really good. It's I, I got Is I did good? it's it's good. I did good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, you know what? There's a concert that we just missed out on too that we really should have flown out for, which is Primus and Ween at the 25th anniversary oh, of South no. Park. Yeah, we yeah, we, the clips you enjoyed that? you enjoyed the Primus. I enjoyed the sword. When we oh, okay, serendipitously right. both saw each other at the same concert. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, I forgot that we hadn't even Right, we, we didn't even know. Yeah. We didn't even know. Um, all right, that's not what you are here to hear us talk <laughs> about. You are here in whatever space you may be in right now to hear us talk about the top 100 pitchers. Nick, of course, putting out his list, and it's a doozy. It's a good one. Before we get into that, though, if, if you haven't checked it out, I'm, I'm only going to say this for the, you know, Nick, actually, earmuffs for me, if you don't mind. Um, football is here. No! As a result, QB List uh, is published. Oh, yes. Fantastic yes. content daily. <laughs> uh, they already had their first article drop, you know, which was, you know, our team watching every preseason game. Every single game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's a, that's a next level of insanity there to be able to sit down and want to watch a preseason game. So go check that out. There's great gifts. There's great content. There's great. I'll stuff. be doing a podcast with Eric as I do every year as oh, me as it. an ignorant man. I know nothing. I literally don't know any of the changes and Eric <laughs> teaches me through it. So it's actually, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful podcast because anyone who is just saying, what do I do in my fantasy drafts? I ask all the questions changes. you want to know. Um, so you, look out for that one. In what's changes? Week. What do you mean? What What are the, the changes? changes? Guys, go to different teams. And uh, like if, a, if, a, if an old British person who had never watched American football was doing a podcast, like, well, tell me of the changes. Changes last year. It what? might be a different sport, but it's that, still okay. Sport. The change is like, all right, this guy is the RB one. No, I'm sorry, Nick. He's now the RB two. No, I'm like, oh, that's I get the it. Change. But if someone was an SP two and now an SP one, I wouldn't be like, yeah. hey, Nick, tell me about the changes that happened with sure, the. Sure, no problem. Let me tell you how Degrom isn't yeah, going to be a Met anymore. I'm so sorry, everybody. I hope yeah, he that's, is. That's probably true. Yeah, Mike's in uh, in 
orange and white next year. Um, no, not is that also a Met? <laughs> no, because I don't think of them as orange and white. I think it was blue and orange. Anyway, wait, you think DeGrom is going to go to San Francisco? I already said, and not San Francisco, so nice try. Um, what, orange and white. Oh, you mean an Oriole. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Is that what you're I saying? Don't, I, I don't think he will, but I think Carlos Correa will be. Um, well, they're going to spend a lot of money. I, yeah, they, I mean, we'll save it for the Nick. Look, this is what happens when we miss a week of the Nick and Alex baseball show. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that's on me. I went and saw Rage. No, and, it's on both uh, of us. You know, but still, it's uh, we, we look forward to it. Look out for that show tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time, every single Tuesday, oh, most of the time. And uh, we we got, okay, let's go into this. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate when podcasters say, let's jump straight in. And it's like five minutes into the podcast. No, you're right. I'll just say we have to talk tomorrow about, and this is a tease. So people will listen to it yeah, tomorrow. A tease. We have to talk about Michael Elias saying that we need to spend more money. That, oh, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Okay. It cracks oh, me up. Yeah. How are you not? How are you not? It's impossible. Because they did it. They didn't this year. So, I mean, it's exactly. good to hear that they, they are. It can't get lower. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> Everyone spend more money? Oh, I see what you're saying. I took that as like 150 million or something. But all right. Yeah, yeah. It's over. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Let's move into the list. Uh, the theme for today. Ooh, yeah. What do we got? To, I don't know. It was going to be, it was going to be colors, but it's not going to be colors. Colors? Colors. Yeah. You wanted colors? Uh, I, if I. What? If I, if I told you, <laughs> listen, like I, I could do like be, between the buried in me or something like that. Cause that's one of their albums. It's called oh, colors. Don't I go brown, you know, like no one wants that. Don't make me mad. Cause I, I could have just done <laughs> like minions. Like you, I, I need an individual minion for each tier, but I'm not, we're going to do types of alcohol, alcohol. We'll say alcohol. Oh, alcohol God. is the overall tier list. Oh, oh. God. God. Oh, dreadful. Talk about the changes. Um, All right. Without any further ado, not giving you any time to prep and think about different kinds of alcohol, we're going to break into tier one. We are looking at one through eight here. No changes from last week. Jacob DeGrom, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, Zach Wheeler, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole. What's it called? Why is it called that? Okay. So this isn't fair because... You say alcohol, and now everyone's waiting. Oh, what is Nick going to say? What's his He's favorite? Tier one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, I'm gonna lean more on not me, but also just the interpretation of said alcohol. Okay. So I'm gonna go with wine, and it's wine because it's more upper class understood. And there's a, there's a larger air of, I mean, not to say that other alcohols don't have their fair share of pretentious people involved, but mm-hmm. there's a bit mm-hmm. of, you know, I, you know how people can get. And yeah. all of these do it in a different way. There are varieties. There are different uh, vineyards that all are wonderful. So yeah, here you go. Exactly. It's wine. That's you happy, nice. fast. And, uh, uh, yeah, there is no, I mean, the, you're right. Even the word sommelier kind of, pre- <laughs> kind of up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sommelier. Is that, you know, is that a disease there. that you get from, uh, from eating raw meat? <laughs> sommelier. Uh, you know, it's pretentious when you're just not pronouncing the last letter or it's French. Same thing. Um, the question that we have from you. C'est is, pas vrai. <laughs> the question we have from you in this tier that a lot of people are going to be curious about. Shane McClanahan still not looking good. Tick down on the fastball velo. The broadcast on the Orioles game was saying maybe it's a blister. We still don't know. He he didn't pick up a single whiff on his four seamer until like the 
end of the fourth inning. No movement here. What's going on? You got 20 whiffs in that game. <laughs> Say whatever you want about him. He got 20 whiffs in that game with two and runs in six innings. Uh, so I, I feel that if the entire season, Shane McClanahan has not had his moment of adversity. Every starting pitcher has it at some point, unless you're Jacob DeGrom and that's just being injured. And if we're not going to give him any sort of cushion after the season he's had, then what are we doing here? Now, it does make all logical sense of fatigue and all that. There's actually a great uh, tweet I got saying, yes, he's thrown more innings, but he's thrown fewer pitches. I'm over 70 fewer. So that there's something to be said about that. I It is across a short amount of time, you could say, from start to end. Um, it's more condensed, which could mean more fatigue, but still. And I feel, all right, we've had our first question of Shane McClan. Hey, look, Sandy Alcantara was not pristine last time. He did survive the eighth inning and allowed his earned runs then, but even before it wasn't the greatest. Zach Wheeler just allowed six earned runs against the Mets. It was also a lot of terrible luck, but it's also the Phillies defense. Should I be doing that? Justin Verlander just had three earned runs in six innings as opposed to zero or one. And Garrett Cole has gone through his stuff too. It's not like, I think we're looking more at McClanahan because it's the first time for him. Yeah. And that's not quite fair. Yeah, you can even say, like you said about Sandy, too, with the foreign runs against Philly, even though he had a nice little bounce back today or is in, in, in progress of doing one as we were recording this podcast. As you would. Uh, yeah. You're taking me away from Sandy right now. You know that? I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> another, there's another guy who performed out of this world today that we're going to talk about, too, who I'm excited to get to, who I believe is is on the back end uh, of this list. Um, yeah, I know who that is. And yeah, yeah well, I know. I know what to say. Let's move on to our, our we're, we're not even two tiers in. We got our first tiny little baby tier here, tier number two. Mm-hmm. It's only four. This is a big change. Smallest tier two has been probably throughout the entire year. Uh, and that's Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Shohei Otani, and Dylan Cease. What's it called? Why is it called that? <laughs> it's called a Jaeger shot because it's super sweet and really small. <laughs> we're just getting the, the best part about the categories is how much insight we get as to you as a person um well, no i don't want it no it's it's actually too sweet like i don't want to get a jaeger shot but that's what it is okay all right good don't worry um oh how dare you <laughs> talk a little bit about the divide between cole and musgrove and what you're thinking of the tier separation there i mean uh, for me it's exactly what it has been before um for the entire season um, Joe Musgrove is last five starts. He's had three games of four and runs or more. Um, I think he is going through his little mini adversity period too. And cool. I think he's fine, but I think we all know the ceiling of Garrett Cole of seven innings, 10 Ks consistency. Uh, and I think that's not quite there for Joe Musgrove. All right. So talk a little bit about Cease, who, you know, has been fantastic. He hasn't given up more than one earned run in a start since the end of May, where he got, you know, blasted by Boston for seven earned runs. But seriously, since that point, I think I saw a very funny, um, uh, it was a Mike Petriello tweet saying that in that time, since that start where he'd given up seven earned runs or more, there was a period where he gave up uh, nine runs, all of which were unearned because of Chicago's defense, which is actually kind of insane. Um, there was a good long stretch there where he was just getting oh, yeah. really uh, hurt by that defense. Recently, though, 
you know, he has these back-to-back games with one walk, but he's doing what he kind of typically does, where maybe kind of hinting at the command going away a little bit. Just two walks in this most recent start against Kansas City, eight Ks, one a run over six total. But what brings you to raise Dylan C's three spots? I mean, how could I not? It's pretty insane. A one nine six ERA right now, one fourteen web thirty three percent K rate. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, I will say during this amazing stretch, everything does suggest that this isn't going to last. Two forty seven Babbitt, five percent home over fly ball rate, eighty nine percent left on base rate, eleven percent walk rate, and that's that's always been the issue for me is the whip. Not necessarily expecting it to be uh, this good. Even in the point six six ERA, it's still one oh five whip. Um, it's very interesting to put it that way, considering that he's averaging a base runner per inning, yet he doesn't allow, let's say it goes five innings, right? He, sure. Base runner per inning, but it's just one of those. That's 20%, right? Those scoring. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Uh, it should be a little bit higher than that. So Dylan Cease, I think he's fantastic right now with the slider. Um, his hard contact allowed on it is about 10%, and it's his most thrown offering. He's been throwing over 50% at times as well. Amazing. But until he really has that fastball or curveball, I think I'm going to feel that there's regression coming of some kind. And I likely am going to avoid him next year, if you can believe it. Um, obviously, you can. But until I see the, one of those two other pitches coming through, I think the walk rate will stay high. And I think a lot of these fortunate things are going to go the other way for him. Let me, let me throw you a, a little lifeline. Correct me if I'm wrong. You'll probably avoid him at his what his cost will be. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You, I'm sorry if that wasn't understood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's yeah. probably... I imagine a lot of people are going to have Dylan Cease inside the top 10 next year. I'm already thinking about that. It's it's August 15th. I will. Yeah. I will probably I will. have him the back end of my teens. If not, yeah. 21 or 22 or something like that. Okay. But I don't know. We'll see what happens then. All right, let's uh, talk about the next year because there's a, a few guys that I want to hit upon here. We're going to, uh, this is 13 through 21, tier three, Brandon Woodruff, Julio Urias, Alec Manoa, Aaron Nola, Logan Webb, Shane Bieber, Yu Darvish, Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, I have so many ways I can do this. All right. So did you, okay, when you said alcohol, you were really thinking of me not to just like give things of alcohol, like a specific I, brand. You just kind of let me run with it, right? Yeah, just run. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, I know what the next tier is. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry. I'm going to go with Guinness because I think it's the sexiest of beers. And it is just, it has a, um, you know, ever since ever since college and when I was a senior, don't worry, I Wednesday nights would be, I was of age is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, my friends and I would go to the bar and get a Guinness each. And as we did it, the first thing we would do is we would drink it so that our noses had some of the head. And I still do that. Um, I always get a napkin with my Guinness with my Guinness. Um, I get a napkin with my Guinness. Um, yeah, we, 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 we did it. Uh, one of the, one of the first times we hung out. Um, is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. But anyway, so it's just, you know, and it takes time to prepare. So sometimes, some of these guys, like Luis Castillo, just got his ace is going to ace you, Darvish, Robbie Ray, Shane Bieber now throwing 93. Uh, takes time. Yeah, Luis Castillo, I mean, we can pivot to him. I was going to talk to him a little bit later. Uh, it, nothing really quick, but, or nothing really. Uh, <laughs> but 
just he kind of laughed in our faces. We said, hey, what are you going to do with the Yankees back to back? And he showed us exactly what he was going to do uh, yeah. with the Yankees back to back. 15 strikeouts, 300 runs and uh, about 15 innings. Amazing. Nice to see that ace is going to ace. The other one I wanted to talk about, Brandon Woodruff ends up falling one, likely because you decided that Dylan Cease has leapfrogged him. But Brandon Woodruff, I mean, listen, not a, a, a real start to write home about. And that most recent start against Tampa Bay with just five Ks, no walks, three earned runs. He gave up two long balls, which is responsible for, for the earned runs there. Seven innings. Um, the velo was, you know, he's, he's touching 97, though. You know, is, is it just Dylan Cease performing as well as he has that you – had to kind of leapfrog them. And if so, why not put them in a similar tier? Right. Um, so, yeah, so Woodruff sat 97 against the Rays and then also had the Pirates beforehand, but pretty underwhelming uh, overall. And I really kind of expected Woodruff to soar with the, when it came to fastball whiffs and he starts just five against the Rays and uh, I believe one against the, the Pirates with that heater. And I like Brandon Woodruff. He's cool. He's helping out our teams and all that stuff, but... It's not quite at that level at the moment right now that I think Musker, Rodon, Otani, Cease are giving. So I brought him out of that tier into tier three. Yeah, that, that's that's very fair. Um, Julio Urias gets the largest uh, raise inside of this tier. Um, he's been cooking with gas those past two starts as he, he shuts down San Francisco, six kicks, uh, seven hits, no one runs, and si- over six innings. And then a really fine start against Minnesota with eight Ks, just one earned run. And uh, seven total inning there. He ends up picking up the the King Cole, which is the league leader in CSW on a particular night. And that night, he's really doing the uh, the the Imperial. Uh, uh, <laughs> you forgot again. This isn't an act. No, this isn't an act. <laughs> the the Imperial Starship, the Imperial oh Cruiser, God. the Imperial. Uh, the Imperial so embarrassing shuttle. For you. The Imperial shuttle. The Imperial <laughs> shuttle. Uh, listen, man. When you got a kid that's going through sleep regression, this is not what you're thinking about. Um, the Imperial shuttle. He's really doing it in that last start. You're doing it. Uh, didn't do it as much in the start against San Francisco, but it was good to see in that start against Minnesota. Why are you raising Julio Urias five? So Julio Urias getting the biggest raise um, makes me think that he's going to face Yandy Diaz constantly. I uh, but. Yeah, yeah, you like that one. Don't don't act like uh, you didn't. Anyway, uh, Blake's now blueprint is working right now. His fastball velocity is essentially 94 all of a sudden. And if you remember earlier in the season, 92 was what he was flirting with. It's fantastic to see him do this. He's been doing it for about five starts now. Excellent performances across the board because of it. He had 12 whiffs in that start against the Twins. And the Twins are amazing. 37% CSW on the curveball on that one, 41% CSW on that four-seamer. So what you want to see... Uh, I, I really like where Julio Urias is at right now. It's kind of the guy that I was hoping for earlier this year. Didn't quite get there. And now I think he's fully locked in season long. It's 249 ERA, 0.97 whip, 24% K rate. You got to dig it. Can you dig it? Uh, you got it. You got it. Yeah, even as I said, as a kid, you got to dig. It. I was like, why did I choose that? Why is that the phrase yeah. I wanted to say? No choice. You understand me? Um, all right, let's move on to our next year here, tier four, the chonker, uh, 22 through 32. Chris Bassett, Framber Valdez, Tony Gonsolin, Kevin Gaussman, Pablo Lopez, Blake Snell, Reed Detmers, Lance Lynn, Spencer Strider, Nestor Cortez, and Kyle Wright. What's it called, and why is it called that? It's called rubbing alcohol because you have to go through pain to get rid of the pain. <laughs> you 
That's you, that's good. Very good. Well done. Very good. Well done. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, man, when you, you deserve props, you got to get the props. Uh, let's start with uh, Chris Bassett here, who is not the largest riser in the tier. We'll get to him momentarily. It's third largest riser in the tier. He rises six spots, leading off the top end of the tier here. Uh, obviously, coming off a, a, a very nice start, uh, uh, not really as dominant as you would think in terms of the Ks for him, but he's kind of fluctuated over the past month with those strikeouts. But still, really fine start, five innings, no one runs, two walks, five Ks, and four hits against the Phillies. What about that particular start said, you know what, I'm going to raise him five. Was it just the 13 whiffs or was it the, what was it? It's three straight starts now for Chris Bassett. He's, he is the fourth highest riser inside this tier. Um, three straight starts of zero earned runs uh, for Chris Bassett as we are Bassett hounds now. I mean, this is kind of the guy I expected for a while. Uh, 327 ERA, 113 whiff now for the season, 24% K rate. He had a moment, uh, I believe, of being near a uh, a 375. I just felt, what? what? No, that's not Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett is someone who will go constantly seven innings or so on this winning ball club give you about six strikeouts and a nice whip and call it a day. And he is essentially what every Toby wants to be uh, with a 24% K right now. Also, that's very nice as the cutter and slider usage has gone up a little bit uh, relative to last year, 34% between the two of them. It's added a little bit of support for that sinker. That is still a CSW darling 35% on the sinker. 26% is the league average for sinker CSW. So you love to see from Chris Bassett. I feel you can just slot him in there. Everything will be all right. He's on the verge of getting the aces going to ace. Uh, moving on to another high riser in this tier. Um, sorry, just noticed yeah. something very weird, and I don't what? know why it's on our player page. Uh, <laughs> it's super weird. Go to uh, while while I'm talking about him. Go to Blake Snell's player page yeah. and click yeah, on there. his most recent start. Uh huh. What happens when you? What is that? Why is there? What is that there? It just says inhaled. Inhaled. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? What? (laughs) And it's like it looks like it's clickable, like it's a link, but it's not. I I don't. I I want to go. I want to get inhaled. (laughs) I want to get inhaled. Yes, I want. I want the experience. It comes up when you search the page too. Anyway, uh, so we'll get to, we'll, we'll try and get to the bottom of that mystery at the end of this podcast. Blake Snell ha- has been on a tear ever since uh, the uh, after the All Star break, I believe. Hasn't given up more than one earned run since the All Star break, but he he ascended to another plane in this most recent start as he picked up twenty four whiffs. Uh, which is his most whiffs since uh, uh, about a year from now. He's had, you know, it's not a career high. That's 26 whiffs back in 2019. We're talking 15 four-seamer whiffs. Yeah. That, that that may well be a career high for him. Actually, I'm going to double check that. So it makes sense. I imagine that's why it is. It ties a career high in mm. four-seam whiffs. That's pretty unbelievable. For yeah, you love, to, you love to see that. Uh, Blake Snell has just been dominating as he's inhaled batters left and right uh, with three earned runs total nice. last five games. Uh, it, it, this is the man I've been waiting for all year. You know, I, I understand a lot of people have gone through the turmoil of the year uh, with Blake Snell. It took about 12 starts for him to get there, something about that. And then second half arrived, and he's just been lights out since. And 
the changeup is gone. The changeup is just not thrown, and I'm so happy about it. This used to be something around 7 8% usage, and he's thrown about one or two of them in each of the last three starts. Didn't throw it at all five starts ago. Kind of brought it back against Minnesota, and I hated him for it, and I didn't hear him for it, but, you know, didn't want to see yeah. that. And now, yeah, he's he's just living in pitching bliss right now. We saw this at the end of last year before he got injured. As long as he doesn't get injured, I think we've got another wonderful end of the year for Blake Snell. Speaking of pitching bliss, Reed Detmers is the largest riser in this tier as he jumps up 13, his highest spot ever on the list here. A great tweet from SP Streamer about Reed Detmers in his last six starts. Near a 34% K rate with a 103 whip. The, the, the peripherals are fantastic. Sub 3 FIP, XFIP, and Sierra near 14% swinging strike rate. Talk about heater. Has he finally figured it out? I mean, he talks about going into the minors and Buddy Carlisle is like, yo, I we're going to change your shoulders a bit. It's a great athletic article. And he came back and he had it. I, I really dislike the fact how I didn't see slider whiffs initially during his first two starts. And it made me more hesitant than I normally would have been. And I hate myself for it because... I've been cheering on Reed Demers from the beginning, and the fact that he started performing, I didn't jump on the train as much as I wanted to. That said, jump on the train now. He's in the top 30 because this slider is absurdly legit, and yeah. I cannot wait to see it, not only for the rest of this year, but I feel like Reed Detmers has properly arrived for the near future, including next year. I wish we could say the same for Kyle Wright, who falls seven spots. He's not looked great. He's down on the velo, about 92 and a half. It's not looking good. What are you doing with Kyle Wright? Well, the thing about Kyle Wright is he has arm fatigue. Um, his fastball velocity was down to 92.5 after sitting uh, 95 for the entire season. And he said that, yeah, he has that arm. Um, they're taking it day to day right now. He did well in that start, though. That's the thing. It was still seven base runners across six innings, one and run, five hits for Kyle Wright, despite the 92.5 mile per hour fastball. So as long as he pitches, I think he's still going to help you. I, But that is a problem that he has that arm right now. Now, uh, we are have. A, 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 I can't wait to hear what your next alcohol choice is, but we're going to get to that after this break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, we're talking tier five, 33 through 42. Tristan McKenzie, Charlie Morton, Christian Javier, Tyler Anderson, Freddie Peralta, Lance McCullers Jr., Frankie Montes, Zach Gallon, Lucas Giolito, and Tyler Molly. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is um, the no-label whiskey bottle. Hmm. So I'm thinking like saloon, slide it down, 
these are your old grizzled vets, you know, like, all right, they, 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 they get the job done. They mm-hmm. do it. Well, they ain't got that flash. They, sure. they, they ain't got that, you know, fastest pistol in the West. None of these guys do. They're just here to get it done. Whoever, whoever puts up the thing on the wall, they'll be all right. They'll, they'll figure okay. it out. They'll, they'll take care of that job for you. Now, usually when you are uh, returning guys from the IL, it'll, obvi- it'll, it'll often be with a little bit of a head start, right? We'll see them on the list, and then we'll get to see one start of theirs and see how they perform. That didn't necessarily happen with Lance McCullers Jr., who came back yesterday. Oh, my um, Lord. Okay, you, so can I, can okay. I stop for a second? Go ahead, yeah. I totally thought we were up to Tier 6. So that was, that was Tier 6, that, that name okay. of the alcohol. That okay, was right. the, yeah, you know. Because that that well, was five. um, yeah, five is absinthe. Because you mm. think it's going to be a really good time, and sometimes you know, it, it's it's all fairy magic, but there are a lot okay. of times that you find yourself thinking, "Why on earth did I do this?" Okay, all right, okay, that's good. So with that said, we'll jump back to Lance McCullers. <laughs> you you decide to put at at number thirty eight after seeing the start yesterday, um, you know. Well, first and foremost, you probably didn't treat this as a still ill because he's going up against a weak opponent in Oakland, or were you considering him a still ill? I put him in a, the questionable starts here. Generally, still ills are like, absolutely not, do not start. Um, he was oh. a, a questionable one. Um, I really like that he got his curveball over for strikes. He got yeah. in the zone a ton. Yeah. That was really good. Um, and, you know, he wasn't necessarily the strong still ill there. I will say the, the minor league start wasn't very good before it, so we also had that oh. element involved too. Sh- sure. Um, for those listening to a still ill being where you uh, are going to wait one start when a, when a pitcher returns from the aisle before you go ahead and start him again. Um, and so what now that you saw him, though, what made you put him at at 38? Hey, he was Lance McCullers. You know, if he were healthy at the beginning of this year, he probably would have been top 30. So mm-hmm. here he is at 38. I could go up, could go down. I feel all right with where he is now. The guy is after him, like Frankie Montes going through some stuff of like, hey, is he fully healthy with that shoulder? Hasn't gone super long in a game yet. Zach Allen has a terrible schedule ahead. And Lucas Giolito, Tyler Malley have their own issues. So I felt Lance McCullers, okay, this could actually ascend easier than some of the guys behind him. Hmm. Let's put him here. The next person that I uh, wanted to talk about here, uh, I don't know if you hear Tokyo barking. She's so excited in the background to talk about <laughs> Montas. I think after... Um, the, the trade deadline uh, Yankee fans saw the first start and they're like, okay, okay maybe he's, maybe he's just still yeah, that was pretty, fine. That was pretty terrible. Yeah. And then he comes back against uh, a, a Boston team uh, that has actually now been, I think better than the Yankees since the all-star break, if not very close in terms of win loss. No, I think actually better. And while it is a little bit of a step forward, is not a lot of a step forward as you drop him eight spots. What are you thinking about Frankie Montas? So, right. The, the pitch count stuff is a little concerning. He hasn't pitched over 80 pitches since uh, June 28th against the Yankees. And I also am curious if the Yankees told him, hey, we don't want you throwing that slider or cutter anymore. He only threw six cool. combined between them, three sliders, three cutters. Leaned a lot on the splitter, which I actually think was pretty good against the Red Sox. Did a decent job of avoiding the heart of the plate with fastballs. I think there's a step missing here that, that he needs to take with that slider because that's a really effective strike-getting pitch that the splitter can't provide. And I don't want him just throwing four-seamers and sinkers all the time. Eventually, those get hit. They have high hard contact rates. Uh, so I, I, 
I'm a little worried about that. Um, by the way, the sinker has a 35% hard contact rate. Actually, the four singer is a little below average at 26. But there's the question of like, is the shoulder actually still affecting him? Is that why the the pitch count is still down? So I think all those things factored in. I said, all right, Frankie Montes needs to prove something here if I'm going to put him above these other guys. Okay. Um, you brought up an interesting point too. There was a great uh, tweet that I saw from this guy, Whale at Whale Shug Stats, S-U-G-E Stats, saying Yankees pitching collapse seems to coincide with a very odd change in mm. the team's pitch usage. And great tweet. Be- correlation causation stuff but they've really really across the rotation decreased the cutter usage overall um so there could be some credence to what you're saying where they seem to think it was working i don't know if maybe they felt it was negatively impacting all of their their heaters or their four seamers i should say but it's uh it's an interesting you you might be onto something there well Um, you might have been on on something before when you're saying the introduction of cutters was making their heaters worse and then they heard you and then changed it that was all the the great David Cohn. David Cohn gave me that tip, talking about how when when you throw that cutter a little bit too much, it can really mess with your four seamer, and that that was happening. It was happening to Jamison Tyon. Um, this is the inside information you can only get with Petrolist. <laughs> wait, wait till you, wait till you hear what I have uh, off air. I got some crazy stuff. Um, all right, <laughs> George, uh, we're going to move on to tier six, forty three to fifty. Jordan Montgomery, Merrill Kelly, Miles Michaelis. Carlos Carrasco, Adam Wainwright, Marcus Stroman, Logan Gilbert, Martin Perez. What's it called? Why is it called? I mean, it's Saloon Whiskey. We went over this. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we, <laughs> so let, let's keep but it. No, oh, yeah, it's Saloon Whiskey. You know the one that, okay, yeah, it's, it's that one. <laughs> Just copy and paste, cut it out yeah, from the, from the you last got it. Part. Uh, let's keeping with the theme of Yankees misery. Uh, let's keep with that. Jordan Montgomery rises nine spots. Theoretically, he's close to surpassing Frankie Montas here. That's 11 scoreless innings, uh, for him now picking up 14 whiffs in that last start, that changeup looking real, real good. Why are you raising Jordan Montgomery nine? So, I, I suggest that everybody go to the pitchless player pages, click on the row of the last start, and you'll see the, the extra pitch details where you get the SP roundup for every single uh, game that I do. You can actually just read them on everybody's player page, but you also get the strike zone plot. And uh, you'll see what looks like a scene from a movie where there are two people fighting and a circle has formed. And oh, that is what nice. his strike zone plot looks like. It's insane how well Jordan Montgomery avoided the middle part of the plate. It's unbelievable. And what's also really interesting to me is going to St. Louis, it seems that they've already implemented a change with him. And that's throwing more four seamers instead of sinkers across the entire season, 11% four seamer usage and 38% sinkers. But in this one, it was 33% four seamers, 27% sinkers. I do wonder if, this is something we're going to see more of. 33% CSW, really good command up in the zone with it. As he had those changeups and curveballs, that he normally does have too. So I'm intrigued a lot here by Jordan Montgomery. If he can do that, then maybe he can replicate those eight strikeouts that he had against the Brewers. Maybe he's going to benefit a ton from that defense. And at 337 ERA, 107 whip, 21% K rate. Well, maybe that is actually here to stay through the final two months of the year. Okay. Um, have to talk about Adam Wainwright, the largest riser in the year. Uh, what that was like the least emphatic. Like I just did this. I thought nailed the analysis, and Fast goes, okay. 
<laughs> it was good. I was thinking a little bit about I was thinking a little bit about the cutters and then unbelievable. This is what I have to deal with, everybody. You know, I'm just I, I'm putting out as much bait as I can on the hook and just waiting one day for just more than just a little nibble. You know, oh, uh, with you. appease the man on the boat fast. I've been with you for over 300 episodes. The bar is too high for you for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to just give you these. Uh, says the man with an Emmy over his left shoulder. It's nice. It looks um, really good. It looks good. Um, I was thinking about two things. I was thinking about the change up and uh, excuse me, thinking about the change to the four seamer and what that meant in the context of what we were having a conversation about with the cutter. And then also thinking about Adam Wainwright and yes, having a fantastic start with a complete game against Milwaukee, but 25 spots, Nick, 25 spots. What was yeah. it? Was it just you were undervaluing Adam Wainwright before? Because it isn't as yeah. if we have to look back very far before there was a blow up. We don't have sure. To I mean, we yeah, we had to do it against the Yankees absolutely the previous week. And I actually was thinking I needed to raise up Adam Wainwright last week, but I just couldn't do it after that horrible start against the Yankees. And then he gave me a, you know, one or nine innings, 8K performance against the Brewers. I said, okay, fine, I can do this. And really also what I wanted to do was solidify this tier six of step above Toby guys that are more volume focused, not carrying the same ace potential with a 25% strikeout uh, ability and really just putting them all together in a tier six and saying, look, I get all of you are going to hold on to these. You're not going to actually drop I Marcus Stroman to get Jeffrey Springs. You're just not going to do that. You're not going to go after something while giving up these. So let's just stick them all in one tier, get that over with and move on. And it's something that I'm going to do a little bit more and not, I think I'm going to hold on to this as much as I can. Maybe I'll remove Martin Perez if he doesn't have the change up moving forward. But I, I think you're going to see this whole debate and guys are going to go above or below them. Okay. Last year, we were at an interesting precipice when it came to Logan, or actually, I should say in the beginning of this year, when we were doing our analysis and forming our top 100s, we were at a very interesting precipice with Logan Gilbert saying, well, we know he's got that four-seamer, right? One of the highest seamers in baseball last year. We know it. So here's 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 the pivot point. If you go to the right, you establish the slider and you start to play off that four seamer a little bit more and you've got a great two pitch mix. If you go towards the left, people start to catch up to the heater because there is no secondary pitch. Recently, it seems like people are catching up to the heater because there's been no decent secondary pitch. Now, the slider hasn't been, um, you know, I would say as terrible as it was last year. It wasn't even terrible. I mean, it was not a good pitch, but this isn't like a, a an awful, awful pitch. It's improved a little bit this year. It's bumped up its WOBA by a, a, a noticeable amount, but it's really dropped in its swinging strike rate, and the four-seam uh, has maintained at its swinging strike rate. What are you thinking about Logan Gilbert, who falls seven? Yeah, I, I'm worried. I'm very worried about Logan Gilbert. I and I know that people are going to say, oh, come on, Nick. It's just really two starts against the Yankees that really messed everything up. Uh, the six starts before that, 397 ERA, 141 whip. It wasn't just the the start against the Yankees, uh, those, those two starts that, were, that messed everything up here. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not sold that Logan Gilbert is much better than he has been. Um, like I see the three five one ERA 124 whip. And I think the whip is legitimate. I think it's more like a three eight three nine. And until he gets some sort of massive, you know, something changes in that slider or, or change up or curveball, something, 
yeah, he's going to say, look, I've got a four-seam with a 35% hard contact rate. Mm-hmm. That's not that great. And uh, yes, it should miss a lot of bats, 13% swing strike rate. Keep him in games a lot, 70% uh, strike rate on it. But you need something else to really soar, and he's not getting that. So he's just going to be living in purgatory. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on to our next tier here. Number, tier number seven, 51 through 59. We're talking Dustin May, Edward Cabrera, George Kirby, Luis Garcia, Mike Clevenger, Jeffrey Springs, Taiwan Walker, Jose Quintana, and Brady Singer. What's it called, and why is it called that? Oh, God. Now we're getting into like, oh, no, Nick doesn't have anything <laughs> tears. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go with... Oh, Lord. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Because you can't always get them, right? It's like just like a couple, like a month or so of the year. But when you do, you're kind of happy you did. Okay. Yeah, I feel very much that way about Dustin May, who appears for the first time on the list at number 51. Yes, the Dodgers lose Walker Buehler for the year, but they trade that for Dustin May. Why is he debuting outside? And I know it's close, but outside of the top 50. Well, because we just don't know what kind of Dodgeritis we're going to get. Uh, he's only supposed to go about 60 pitches in his first start. Um, and yeah, we, we really just don't know what to fully expect. Now, last year, what we did see of Dustin May um, was a sinker that had a 37% CSW, which is great. 32% O-swing is what you want to see on it. Curveball with a 33% CSW. Low strike rate. He struggled a little bit trying to get it in the strike, about 54%, but still executed a lot and oh yeah four percent hard contact rate essentially just mm. once i uh, then oh. you have a, a four seamer he tried to just get oh it's like my get me over sinker not a good one like this is just center of the plate not really that good but it could sur- surprise guys sometimes that's fine oh and then this cutter 25 percent swing strike rate that's the pitch that all of a sudden starts soaring and before it wasn't really a swing strike rate pitch um, it was just a 12% mark in 2020 for Dustin May's cutter. But then in 2021, it became 25%. Everything changed all of a sudden, 44% uh, CSW with it. Can't tell you exactly what, <laughs> but it did. And, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, got it a little bit lower, a little bit higher on, on the low locations. I used it same amount. Yeah, I got nothing on it. I don't know why. But he, oh, oh, more, more arm side, more. No, never mind. Just kidding. Yeah, it was a better pitch. He got a lot more whiffs on it. Finally, we we're happy to see it. And yeah, that's uh, that's hopefully what we get from Dustin May. But it could be just about sixty pitches on on Saturday. He may get the Andrew Heaney treatment that we've seen of mm-hmm. only going about four and a half innings, which doesn't exist. Four to five innings um, every start. So. I don't know what we're going to get, but he's obviously someone you should be rostering right now. And I felt it was, it was appropriate to put Dustin May under that. Okay. These are the guys I'm not going to drop here. I'm sure we, uh, we spoke ill of one Seattle Mariner pitcher. So let's make up for it by speaking well of another. And that's George Kirby. Uh, they haven't all been pretty, but he has not given up more than two earned runs in a start since the end of June. Yes. Like I said, there was that 10 hit performance against Toronto that really did not do wonders for your whip. And yes, 
He has not thrown over 90 pitches since the beginning of July, but his four-seamer has been absolutely fantastic for him. It's got a near seven, uh, yeah, about 17% swinging strike rate, uh, a 260 Woba, which is miles under what the league average is. But just like his pal up north on the list, nothing much really there uh, in, in any of the breakers or off-speed pitch department. Do you think George Kirby is going to be able to continue to fly by with this fantastic four-seamer, or is the lack of secondaries going to catch up to him? It's pretty funny. George Kirby, at least so far, has been a slightly better version of Logan Gilbert. And the major difference, they both have the same like lack of secondaries. I call them Jerby now. Um, uh <laughs> And the four seamer has a 16% swing striker as opposed to 13% on Logan Gilbert. It's across a smaller sample, 85 innings for George Kirby, 138 uh, for Gilbert. And Gilbert has benefited from, I think, an easier schedule overall. Hmm. Still, uh, he's now in the rotation. That's the biggest news. We thought that the Mariners would be limiting him a lot. Six man at the very least. Maybe is he going to come up, stay up for the Angels? Is he not? I don't know. Chris Flexen is now in the bullpen. So not even adding George Kirby as a six man now removing someone else. So it's a five man. That's good news. And I want to say that he's going to be better than, than looking Gilbert, but I got to say, I, I feel like we know what, what Gilbert is more than yeah. we do George Kirby. And I feel as if there's a little bit of a lower floor at the moment. So that's why they're separate. Despite Kirby looking like a better version of Gilbert. Let's talk about another guy who I, I I cannot remember. I mean, you would have a better idea. When was the last time Jose Quintana was in the top 60 on the list? I uh, probably. Oh, man, I, I would say 2018. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's that'll, that'll do. Um, so here he is. He's risen uh, 16 spots. Jose Quintana, he, you know, he gets traded to the Cardinals. It looks like they take his change up usage. They spike it down a little bit. They have him replace it with that sinker turns into a four seam sinker curveball pitcher. Uh, it's just been two starts, though two against uh, it's been against the Cubs and in cores giving up just three earned runs total over 12 total innings with four walks and 13 K's over that same amount of time you decide this is it he passed the cores test he must be for real uh what are you doing with Jose Quintana here hey fast how how are you so quickly seeing that the 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 pitch change has has been altered or the pitch mix has been changed um I <laughs> This isn't going to be the answer. No, come on. Oh, clearly you're going to the Jose Quintana player page on pitcher list and going to pitch mix in the game log where you can see that on Saturday, July 23rd, he had a 22% change up. And all of a sudden the last three starts, which have all been with the Cardinals, it's been 8%, 8% and 4%. Oh, that's awesome. Fast. I'm so happy that you're getting the most out of our player pages. Unbelievable. Listen, I used it for literally everything. Else. I know. So why are you using it for this? All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, why does Nick want to know about my baseball savant usage? No. <laughs> so easy. You just click pitch mix. It's right there. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's right there. Okay. Anyway, so what's he doing instead? He's throwing more sinkers, um, which they were fine. I uh, 24% CSW against the Cubs, 30% against the against Rockies and inside of course, 50% against the Phillies. I uh, like the guy is spotting pitches incredibly well. 
Um, four seamers have curveballs down, and sinkers are being used arm side uh, to to jam batters, and that's essentially the mo for Quintana for the entire year. Sometime around, I don't know, I I, I don't know exactly where it just kind of clicked in for him. Maybe halfway through the season, um, in in June. I mean, he was actually got off to a searing start, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but can't quite trust it yet. But he's had this command essentially for like the entire year. And uh, it's a, to me, it's a more interesting Vargas rule than than Martin Perez. Uh, because it's just, this is, yeah. I remember yelling fast. You remember this? Last year, seeing two separate starts from Jose Quintana. One of them, I believe he had 17 whiffs on his curveball as he just threw all of them down, but the other stuff was just really bad and he got ousted in like four innings. Then another one, I think he had like 12 whiffs on his fastball and he threw them all upstairs all of a sudden and everything else was bad. And all I wanted to do was just combine the combine two. Yep. And he, did, he didn't do it. And I was like, oh, this is never going to happen. And then this entire season, he's just he done it. it. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's so beautiful. Look at the, like, go on the player page, which I'm sure you are now. Click mm-hmm. between four-seamer uh, and go... 2021 and 2022 and you'll just see that strike zone plot just move up completely and well and yeah it's right there right in front of you yep and uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) what is this noise coming out of your mouth go ahead go ahead go ahead and do the same thing with a curveball too and you'll see all of a sudden a much denser pack at the bottom of the zone and underneath it what I was saying is, while I do that, you can expand <laughs> upon why Brady Singer, who's on a, a, another fantastic run aside the tiny little blip against the White Sox a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of uh, August, uh, has risen 19 spots while I go and take a look at this. I thought you were doing like, I like it a lot kind of thing. And then no, no, you're just saying normal words, apparently. Um, <laughs> so Brady Singer and I have a weird relationship where I think of him a lot as a cherry bomb because he doesn't really do anything different. He just throws sinkers and he throws sliders and he gets a lot of called strikes with the sinker because has a lot of horizontal movement, starts off the plate, comes back over, while his slider, when it's well-commanded, down in arm side, can return a lot of whiffs. But that's it. And that sinker actually does perform better as far as expected average goes and hard contact allowed. But it does make him susceptible. 21% homer with fly ball rate. When guys are just looking for a heater, they can crush this thing. And what he's done recently is he's gone five out of six games with really good command. Um, even that one against the White Sox wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen with that slider down and away. It was just too many hittable sinkers. So, you know, Brady Singer seems like he's locked in at the moment. Do I think that Singer now has turned the corner and has become the legit two-pitch pitcher that we all wanted him to be when he made his debut in 2020. I don't honestly think so. I I don't think there's enough that's different about what he does. Uh, But maybe I'm just kind of, you know, maybe it's just, all right, these pitches are better now. I need to kind of accept that. And I hope it sticks around. Uh, He deserved the bump. He does. He does indeed. Uh, Let's move on to tier eight, 60 through 68. Joe Ryan, Sean Manaya, Jesus Lizardo, Nick Lodolo. Aaron Ashby, Sonny Gray, Jose Arquiti, Drew Rasmussen, and Andrew Heaney. What's it called? Why is it called that? Where's my beer? Oh, very nice. Why? Because they put you through starts where that's what you shout after it. Yeah, that is that really is the case. Um, I guess we can go ahead and and start with... Uh, well, we could start with Jesus Cesardo. This is another person I wanted to kick off with, but why is Jesus Cesardo having you feeling that way? Uh, Jesus Lazardo, I know, minus 14 spots, right? After mm-hmm. the first two games, 
there was hype that maybe he could pull it off against Atlanta. He's a southpaw, though. Atlanta likes southpaws. They did. They they performed well against Lizardo. And it's very interesting. I think we talked about last week. He's down to 95.5 or actually really 95 now. We're we showing 97 in April. And he also had high curveball usage. Then it's come down. He's also throwing more sinkers now, which is a worse pitch. The interesting part, though, is that his changeup is way up in usage and it's massively better. This is actually a really good changeup, and it makes me still intrigued that I have him at 62. But I don't know if that's enough because he needs the curveball back and he needs the velocity back. And he doesn't have either of those two. So I'm in this weird, intriguing moment where, like, if the changeup was really bad, I don't think you would have had those two starts we saw before. I don't think there's any real hope at this moment. But now he's not the changeup. Maybe one of the two things, the curveball or the, the, the fastball velocity returning, that can open the door for a legitimate success in a 12-teamer. There, moving on to the next guy, there are three legitimate followers in this tier. Nick Lodolo uh, had a brutal first inning against the Cubs. He recovered a little bit in this most recent start on Thursday. Four and two-thirds, four and runs. Like I said, three of them coming in the first with four walks, six total Ks. It feels like we just haven't really seen him reach the kind of level we wanted to see him reach, especially with the early indications that we had at the beginning of the season with how many whiffs he was getting, the stuff we were seeing in the stuff models. What are you thinking about Nick Lodolo? I, I know this is going to be a take that a lot of people hate, but I don't like the Field of Dreams game. You want to know why? They have no they have no stack has yeah. data. Yeah, that's true. Well, don't worry. It dropped so far in the ratings that it's not going to happen next year. So. Wait, well, I mean, it's because it was the Reds and the Cubs. I like, think it was just because, yeah, it could have been that. I mean, the Cubs, Cubs are one of the largest fan bases, and they might not be watching because they're so disgusted with the team. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. They kept Wilson Contreras. Either way, I think people just got over the novelty of it, which is what it is. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, we will. But anyway, so I have no strikes on plot for you. I did watch it, of course. Um, and you know, that first inning, he threw tons of strikes in it. Uh, it was, it wasn't like he didn't, you know, he, he, he did the stuff that he normally does, but yeah, it's just not as polished as you want it to be at the moment. And all right, Nick Lodolo <clears throat> isn't quite at the place I want him to be. He's certainly someone that this is how weird I am. There's a part of me that thinks, oh, because of starts like these. Nick Lodell is going to fall a little bit farther in drafts next year. And then I talked to myself in February and I forget how I felt in August right now. And I let the group think take over, but no, it's uh, I, I think Lodolo is a guy over time is going to lock in and just dominate. It's just a matter of when. Ashby, the other follow uh, same thing. here, I should say. Yeah. Same thing. Same, same thing. I uh, he, he is a little bit better right now with a sinker kind of looking interesting and he threw a lot of strikes with the changeup but it was just I wanted to make this tier of these guys I had to push up a lot of others I'm not as negative on Ashby because I was higher on Lodolo but hmm. I grouped them together all right then lastly in this tier we should talk about the guy who almost twirled that perfect game yeah how would you know Rasmussen <laughs> who, who rises listen even I was rooting for it it's like if you're gonna lose at least make it historic like why not although we almost had a comeback anyway um it seemed like he was throwing a little bit of this, you know, quote unquote sweeper yesterday. And it was, it was a beaut. It, this wasn't one of those like cheapo, you know, just, there were a lot of balls in play and there was a lot of weak contact. It, it wasn't was like construction contact. paper scissors. It was a real cutter. This and uh, you had, it was a beautiful pitch. It really was. Um, the slider I wasn't as convinced of, but the cutter was excellent. Really good location down an arm side. Four seamers are missing bats up, man. 
Mm-hmm. They were doing some damage up in the zone. And this is the best command I've seen from uh, from Drew Rasmussen. 17 it was, whiffs. It was, it was so hopefully, hopefully he sticks around. But we've seen him also have some really good starts like earlier back in April or May. And it fade away. So hopefully he still has it. Speaking of fade away, we should talk a little bit about Patrick Sandoval, who continues to kind of plummet down the list as he falls seven here. Uh, uh, what what is that? What does that look for? Uh, you just jumping tears here? Oh, is just what you're doing now? Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to keep up the pace here. You're right. I apologize. I was so excited by that beautiful transition that I forgot the ultimate transition where we have to list everyone of the tier tier nine sixty nine. I'm so sorry. Three hundred. We've only done it for like. Wait, two years now? <laughs> I know, I never, it's unbelievable. Um, tier 9, 69 through 74, Nathan Eovaldi, Michael Kopech, Alex Cobb, Patrick Sandoval, Justin Seal, Braxton Garrett. What's it called and why is it called that? I mean, I have to call it the fireball tier, right? Because it's a bomb. <laughs> like, it's a bomb or it's like, it's really sweet. It's got the cinnamon, but like it it blows up in your face. So, And you're kind of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time. The person that brings fireball to a party, like, ah, oh, Okay. So obviously the, the changeup hasn't been as fantastic for Patrick Sandoval, who, as we mentioned, falls seven spots. The, the command, obviously, again, not as fantastic as it's now back to back four walk starts for him. Uh, he's had four walk starts a few times, I think twice before this. But even with that, though, he's been mitigating the damage. It's just two earned runs over the past 10 and a third against Seattle and Minnesota. But there's enough there for you to think, you know what? I'm done. I'm moving him down. Well, I'm not done, but the changeup isn't as consistent as it needs to be. 25% overall swing striker, but it's overwhelmingly because of certain games, and it's not, it's just not the pitch that we need it to be. Uh, The slider has tried to do more, which is, it's not been a bad pitch. It's just, these are supposed to really carry him, and they haven't. With the slider, sorry, the sinker and the four seamer just not being good pitches. 22% C-stub in the four seamer, 22 on the sinker. About 60% strike rates on them, which is really bad. Relying too much on the slider. And it's just not a recipe right now that I trust Patrick Sandoval. All right. Uh, I got to move on to the next tier here because I just saw yeah. the top left red indicator. <laughs> Uh, tier 10, 75 through 84, Michael Waka, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyon, Noah Syndergaard, Cole Irvin, Jose Barrios, Josiah Gray, Alex Wood, Eric Lauer, Domingo Herman. What is it called and why is it called that? Okay, I have I had one, but I realized that's much better for tier 11. Um, so for tier 10, we're going to go with uh, PBR because PBR is the good of the bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's quite nice. Yeah. So that's yeah. quite nice. There you Michael, go. Michael, I was doing a little bit of research because uh, on Michael Waka coming into his game last night against the Yankees because it was the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game. And I was, you know, hey, has anything really changed? Is the changeup doing anything absolutely spectacular? And I was like, you know what? It really hasn't been great so far this season. Not really been a lot to write home about. It's not like the changeup is picking up a record amount of whiffs. It's not like there's a real change in utilization. It's not like he's getting more movement on a particular thing. I said, you know what? He doesn't really seem that interesting. And then what does he do? Seven innings of one walk, nine Ks, and two hits overall with 10 change-up whiffs he was the lead in today's sp roundup he is now debuting uh, i don't know if he's debuting this year but he was unranked last week 75 now what are you thinking about michael Wacom? 
I I love the fact he had a 48% CSW on his changeup yesterday and a 42% on his four-seamer, and the command overall was spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. Avoided the hard to play a lot. Change-ups were glorious down in arm side. I think my favorite pitch in the entire game was a 3-2 strikeout to Aaron Judge as Judge took a 2-2-1, 2-2 pitch, change-up in the same spot. And as if I'm guessing change-up here and I'm not going to swing it, I got it. And 3-2 did not guess change-up. Waka went for it again, got him on it. It was glorious and i uh, oh it, it just that's that's the kind of stuff that gets me going um and to see like see michael walker just in his element absolutely dominating carve up this lineup um makes me think like okay i don't actually expect him to do this all the time if i did then it'd be top 20 or something but there's a chance that you have some glimpse of this moving forward so you know what here you go and top what 80 or so he's top mm-hmm. i think he's 75 yeah do me a favor, go to Alex Woods' player page. Click on the top, uh, the very uh, most recent start for him. Is he inflated too? No, no, he's not inflated. He's fantastic. What is that? Am I saying inside the roundup somewhere? I don't think so because when you search the page, fantastic only shows up once. So for no. those who are very confused, hopefully this is fixed by you go to the player page. For some reason, there's just a blue floating bubble. Uh, oh and one God. of them said inflated. One of them says fantastic. We don't know why it, it, it's one of history's mysteries. Um, Alex Wood coming off a nine K start, you know, he gets the very poor quality start, uh, you know, going six and giving up three, but he, he hasn't been terrible the past two starts, one of which was a no earned run performance, just three hits, no walks, five Ks against San Diego. But here he is dropping 13. Nick, what did Alex Wood do to you? Yeah, the schedule is terrible for Alex Wood moving forward. Um, so I'm wondering if this is like a dev thing of their like labeling, they're like testing to see if the results were good or bad. Like these are inflated numbers. These are fantastic. And I don't know. I gotta. I gotta get to the bottom of this because this yeah, is the funniest gonna, thing. You're gonna have to do some digging on that yeah. one. As we move into tier 11, 85 through 94, Johnny Cueto, Aaron Savali, Zach Plezak, Drew Smiley, Chris Bubich, Ranger Suarez, Marco Gonzalez, Cal Quantrill, Kyle Gibson, and Jake Odorizzi. What's it called, and why is it called that? It's called gin and tonic because I really don't like gin and tonic, but apparently other people like it. Oh, gin and tonic is fantastic. Big yeah, right. Yeah, this is your gin and tonic tier. Oh, God, I hate gin. Oh, right. um, I can no. get it. It's distinct. Get oh, yeah, little... apparently people like these people, so here they are. Put a little elderberry in there. Now, um, knowing <laughs> elderberry. We, can the, we can some we can rice the... berry. <laughs> oh, God. We can look into the future a little bit, and we can see that Aaron Savale today, after you made this list, came off of maybe the best performance of his career yeah. as this is a career high in whips for him at 18 as he ends up striking out 10 Detroit Tigers. You do end up raising him too. Does this start maybe have you moving him into the top 80 or no? I think if there's one takeaway you need to have from this podcast, everybody, he said, just start whoever against the Detroit Tigers. If you're a right-hander, just, just, mm-hmm. just do it. Especially if you're on the, if you're at home hosting the Tigers. It is absurd how bad they are. Mm. And Aaron Savali's curveball looked great today. He got, I think, most of, not all of his strikeouts on that curveball, which was looking glorious. 
by it's the Tigers. It's why I have Zach Plesak tomorrow as one of the highest guys. I think of the second ranked probable start pitcher tomorrow, which is the top of the second tier of it, which is so rare to get a guy like Plesak there. But yeah, he goes against the Tigers. You just do it. So that's all you got to take away. There's a very uh, there's a name on here that we haven't talked about in quite some time. Uh, jumps up seven spots up at number eighty eight, coming off uh, 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 like you said, uh, a good start uh, against Detroit in Detroit. Uh, Drew Smiley four innings pitch, two earned runs, no walk, four Ks. Getting stretched out a little bit more. You just thinking there's a little tinge of upside here in Drew Smiley. I hate that they don't have Statcast data for that. Field of Dreams game. I watched it. His curveball was excellent once again, and his curveball has been really good uh, for a fair amount of starts now. Um, he had a 38% CSW with 11 whiffs against the Giants, even though the, the outcome wasn't as great. But against Miami, he had a 34% CSW with five whiffs there. He had nine whiffs against the Phillies before that one. And I guarantee it would have been a lot of whiffs in this one, too. Uh, it's very interesting. Now, most of those teams I, I was just referring to, Phillies, Giants, Marlins, and Reds, not in Cincinnati because it was a Field of Dreams game, even though it's an at. Yeah, those aren't the best opponents. So I think he's considerable as a streamer. All right. Uh, tier 12, 95 through 100. Uh, Austin Voth, James Caprillion, Graham Ashcraft, JP Sears, Tuki Toussaint, and Tyler Beatty. Love it. What's it called? Why is it called that? I did that just for you I and me, but you too. Um, this is called that craft. Sorry, go it's, the, it's called that. Oh yeah. That craft place just down the corner. Oh my God. The thing that they're doing is just so interesting. I absolutely love it. You got to try it. I think it's the best beer I've had. You, I've actually been to a lot of places and Ooh, you know, I, I go across the, the, the country and I got to say, Oh, you got to try their triple hopped sour. Um, at this time of year is just perfect. Triple hopped sour. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all right, let's let's of course. Who, who are we going to start talking about? I mean, these are these are the ones that everybody. Each one of these guys, there's someone that has a massive fan of them, um, and which is why I gave it that. And I'm so sorry. I mean, there's just a, that's not a representation of an entire people. It's just there's one person that is like I, that, that you know. I think maybe I, I was very happy just to see Austin Voth here, but now mm. I think maybe he might need more love since he's become yeah. an Oriole. He's. Uh, what is this? Since oh, so you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Since he's become an Oriole, 3.21 ERA with a 3.57 whip and a 23% K rate with a 7% walk rate and a 1.21 whip. That's top 80, Nick. That's very good. And this is against Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati. This is against Seattle, <laughs> White Sox, Toronto. It's good. Um, he just uh, he just allowed 300 runs and seven base runners against the Pirates in five innings. Uh, and he was, also, and he also, just for the first time this year, went eighty pitches. Yeah, that's the thing. They're still kind of very much letting yeah. him. I, I, I do understand the curveball has actually has looked a lot better. You see the twelve percent swing strike rate, but seven in the last start. Uh, that's encouraging. It's I led with him the Battle of Voth um, <laughs> for you Star Wars fans, uh, and that's encouraging, especially the command of it down in a way. Um, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Let me, I'll give you the mic and I'll step away. Number 100, Tyler Beatty. It feels beautiful. I mean, is it though? His last start was not good at all, but I, but Tyler Beatty is throwing 96 and has hints of whiffs with his curveball and changeup. 
So maybe that happens. He also has not lasted four innings yet, but he's now getting the opportunity. He's only three starts so far for the Pirates. 42 pitches, 57, now 74. He's going to be stretched out. Someone at least to be aware of. You guys remember I put out this stupid tweet back in like January saying Tyler Beatty was my number one sleeper for 2022 only because he was getting drafted after pick 600, which mm-hmm. meant that n- literally no one cared. Yeah. Um, was I saying to get him in a 12 team or no? But I was saying he should have been like 350, 400 or something like that. And because I was thinking he had the fifth spot. Then Carlos Rodon's like, oh, I exist. Yeah. And then Tyler and then Beatty the got Giants were like, bye. Yeah. Casey, <laughs> bye. So now he's finally getting the opportunity that I foresaw in yes. January. Mm. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in September. All right. Um, well, Nick, we did it. We uh, broke down the top 100. If you're still listening, thank you. And please join us tomorrow night for the Nick and Alex baseball show live at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. But that is going to do it for episode number 337 of On the Court of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week. son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.